What up, y'all? Welcome to the Marriage Be Hard Conversations podcast. I'm Kev on stage. This is Miss Kev on stage. My lovely and luxurious wife, friend, business partner, and lover. Today on the Marriage Be Hard podcast, we have author of the book that is soon to drop. If it hasn't dropped by the time you watch this, Sensual Faith and the Sensual Faith podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Levon Briggs. Hey. <laughs> what up, what up, what up? How y'all doing? We are very good, good. LeVon. Please, uh, or not please, thank you for coming <laughs> to the show. A quick reminder to you guys who are new to the show, um, this version of the Marriage Be Hard podcast is going to extend beyond married couples only. I know when we first wrote the book, it was only married couples, mm-hmm. but now we want to have conversations surrounding marriage. That'll be married mm-hmm. people, uh, single people, divorced people, uh, experts, people who haven't been married. We just we ain't gonna be able to get fifty two episodes a year only talking to married people. And also there's other things that people who are not married have to offer to the conversations around love and marriage. So that's why LaVon relationships and relationships. That's why LaVon Briggs is here. LaVon, can you introduce yourself to the people for people who may not know you just yet? Yes. So my name is LaVon Briggs. I am a joy finder and a Queens girl and an Emmy Award winner. So what you need to know about me, (laughs) I am a black woman spiritual leader who is no longer at war with her body. I love to turn up. I love to be righteous. I love to be ratchet. And I'm doing that through showing up in the world as a pastor, a preacher, an author and a creator. So I love that, too. And you've said that before. I can tell. Yes. Uh, <laughs> now the phrase no longer at war with her body. Mm. Uh, talk to us about that. What what does that mean to you? Well, child, I'm the daughter of Caribbean immigrants. Shout out to all my first gens. And <laughs> I was raised in the Episcopal Church. So I didn't get the stereotypical hooting, hollering, black church, Pentecostal, <laughs> apostolic experience. Okay, it was very sit, stand, kneel, like oh, all that, right? Yeah. But our Jesus was white. Everybody in the church was black, but Jesus was white. And so from a young age, I was like, how come (laughs) the only person in the church is this white man that we be praying to (laughs) as a little black girl, right? And so the things that I went through as a black girl, the things that I grew into as a black woman, it didn't resonate with the religious teachings of my childhood, and particularly around my body, my identity, and my sexuality. And so as I got older, I started to interrogate some things ended up going to divinity school. And from what I have learned and from the wisdom that has been, you know, gleaned from my experiences, I have determined that some things that were taught to me no longer serve me. And so thus, now I can be at peace in my body. Mm, some things that were taught to me no longer serve me. Were you going to say something? Yeah, I was just going to say I've kind of gone through my own journey as well. Of, mm-hmm. um, I called it uncoupling uh, mm. church from God. And establishing mm. a relationship with God that's maybe separate or different than the things that I was taught. Right. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about what that journey looked like for you? Because yeah. I know for me, some of that, it, it feels uh, hard to let go of. Mm-hmm. So those women that are out there and they're listening to you and they're inspired and like, yes, I too want to do yeah. this. What are some of the steps that you you took to get to this place? Ooh, such a good question, Melissa. And I love that word uncoupling. Because the fact of the matter is you can't divorce religion from a colonized mentality. And what Mm. I mean by colonized is um, the weight of the oppressor's version of you, right? Mm. So as Black folks, right, we are part of the African diaspora. And our ancestors knew God before the colonizers, the Europeans, brought their white Jesus. And so for me to learn that Jesus was Black, 
Nay uh-huh. African. <laughs> Nay, can I cuss on this podcast? You can. Nay a d- Reverend Dr. Matt King Carter, I was like, well, hold up now. That means something, right? That means that there was a particular way that he was brought up and and the spirituality and the spiritual practices that he was bearing witness to. So I was like, so what were those, right? Mm -hmm. Beyond what we see in the Bible. And then honoring the fact that we heard a lot of purity culture, or let me use I language. I heard a lot of purity culture in church. And I did not see boys and men getting mm-hmm. that same conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I allowed myself to lean into that rebellion. Because as a girl and as a woman, the church wants you to acquiesce and go along and serve and wait for your husband and all that. And I'm asking questions. So the first thing is God is big enough for your questions, beloved. Come mm-hmm. on. It's okay to have questions, right? The second thing is, Lean into resources that are not Bible study or Sunday school, Mm. depending on the pastor, depending on the pastor. Okay. (laughs) But I had questions that in Bible school, uh, that in Sunday school, they were like, oh, well, the Bible says, I'm like, I know what the Bible says, but what is the Bible saying? Come on. What's the context? What's the original language? So taking a deeper dive. And then lastly, I would say release the idea that anything African is evil or demonic. Because there was a point in my life where I would see an African mask and I'd be like, oh, the devil, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Speaking in tongues, Iba Shando got a rebuke. <laughs> You're rebuking yourself. That's you. Your ancestors did that. So that has been a way that I can start to ask the big questions that have led to even bigger breakthroughs. I want to go. Ahead. No, I was just going to say that I absolutely love this idea that God is big enough to handle your questions. Mm-hmm. I think that is one of the... Um, one of the beliefs that we hold that keeps us taking what our mother, daddy, pastor, mm-hmm. whoever taught us right. and accepting it as fact without questioning it, without asking yourself, does it align mm-hmm. with today or how I feel? All of mm-hmm. those things, because you think if I'm questioning God, then maybe my faith is unstable. Maybe I'm not saved. Maybe I'm headed toward a reprobate mind. Like, oh, there's all of big reprobated mind. Yes. And, we're, and, it, and it scares you. You know, yeah. it's a scare tactic. Yeah. But being able to say, like, God is big enough to handle your questions and he has the answers, um, I think is huge. I agree. Um, I think I'm doing some jokes about Jesus and I won't reveal those jokes, but I found that when I talk about Jesus as a human person, like Mm -hmm. just remove the the divine, because part of the joke is like, I've been in church all my life, more than y'all could ever even imagine. Mm -hmm. In my first 30 years of life, I only missed three Sundays in 30 years. You should be getting pension, kid. Dog, I did did 30 years. (laughs) Did 30 years of five, seven days. Five to seven days a week. (laughs) I found that when I even say, I used to do a joke that was like, y'all realize Jesus went pee. Right? I did. And Jesus went doo-doo. And And people are like, Oh my, you can't say that. I'm like, oh, y'all, no, you haven't even thought about this. No. You haven't, oh. you understand Jesus as a human being right. and you understand how the human body uh, operates, operates and excretes waste, Hello? but you can't even think of Jesus peeing. Baby. You can't think of Jesus having a stomach ache, burping, doodling, blowing, like Jesus blew up the bathroom and a disciple came in after like, God, oh, dog, Jesus, Heartburn. what did you have? He said, man, I had some, I don't know what that hummus did to me. Right, like that's a human, and that's just basic stuff. But I found that a lot of times in my experience, we are taught Mm -hmm. not to question anything Mm -hmm. that we have been taught. 
And I, I remember it used to be contentious in my in my journey through church because I had questions too. I don't want to talk about purity culture, but simple things like, uh, and I don't want to derail us too much. I just was talking about, you know, God's big enough for your questions. And let me make a quick aside while I'm on derailing. Even in the Bible, <laughs> they ask questions. For sure. Hello. They used to talk trash back to God like, ain't you the God of Abraham? Ain't Wait, you the hold one? on, Kev. They don't just ask questions. They make demands. Yeah. God, I need you to prove yourself. If this right. is you, I need you to... Show nice. The Speak, dude, Gideon and the dude, like they, you said you was right. who you were. What's up? Right. I need right. you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but um, I remember when I was a kid, we raised apostolic Pentecostal. Okay. Uh, Jesus only Acts 238. Okay, praise And God. we were being taught that when we, um, we are to witness to everybody, and everybody would have heard of Jesus, yep. and they would have heard of him once before they die. And I remember asking, okay, so if I was a child in China, I think mm-hmm. I was about sixth or seventh grade, mm-hmm. if I was a child in China, and I grew up learning about Buddhism, for example, and and say they teach me the same thing about Buddhism that y'all teach yep. about Jesus, and I'm saying, no, Buddha the way, and if y'all don't <laughs> learn about Buddha, y'all going to hell. And if right. I'm as staunchly Buddhist as right. I am, you know, Chinese Kevin is as staunchly Buddhist as I am Christian, right. who's right? Correct. And they was like, the answer was like, if you want to go to hell, just say that. <laughs> Where did I say I wanted to go to hell? I'm just asking if I'm Christian because my family's Christian. That's the main reason. If somebody grew up in a place where, you know, Christianity is not the dominant religion, wouldn't they be almost Buddhist or Hindu by default or Muslim? Whatever. So uh, I said all that to say, I think it's hard for us church kids to question religion because, you know, in Melissa and I state uh, um, life, our parents were in ministry, so it's like mm. you questioning your parent. Your actual, you can't talk back to your parents, so you definitely can't question God. Right. You, and right. the pastor was like above your parents, so you can't even right. asking a question was talking back. And I think that's why it's Woo. hard for us as people to question anything. And I, and my last thought, and I've been talking a lot. I think the internet for me really blew it open. Oh, totally. Because before the internet, there was no way to even learn anything new. When I remember when I was right. teaching Bible study. I start reading and listening to pastors who were not my own, and a lot of them had went to you know seminary and they had masters in divinity. Mm-hmm. They start contradicting my pastors whom hadn't been uh, learned mm-hmm. past you know what they learned. And mm-hmm. I remember that's when I was bringing those questions. Then we had some really mm-hmm. touch and go conversations because it was like yeah. they were having conversations that they hadn't you know they didn't have the answers for. That's the thing. Questions get you answers. Yeah. Right answers equip you with knowledge and knowledge is power because knowledge you attain wisdom you apply and if you have knowledge and if you are wise it's less easy to control you it's harder to control you Mm. that's what's at the center of it is control so when you talk about buddhism right and buddha buddha literally means the enlightened one the awakened one we could call jesus the enlightened one right Mm -hmm. we call him the anointed one Christian colonized Christianity is the only religion that be out here talking about everybody else got to believe what we think or else <laughs> you going on a missions trip in this black or brown country. Meanwhile, we got hungry kids here. We got right. unsheltered people here. What is your mission doing? Right. <laughs> and so even this word religion comes from the Latin legate, which means to fasten or bind. And remember, you know, 10 mm-hmm. year old Kev learned mm-hmm. that read means to do something again. Mm-hmm. So religion should rebind you to God or refasten you to God. Mm. And too many of us were raised with doctrine that distanced us and pushed us from God. And that's why we feel so insecure and unstable in our bodies and in our purpose and trusting our intuition because 
many church teachings didn't encourage us to trust ourselves. Well, if it ain't in the Bible, it ain't. First of all, you misinterpreted the scripture, okay? <laughs> you wanted to mean what you wanted to mean that serves your agenda. Stop it. And that's why I love doing ministry in the 21st century, because if I had sat around and waited for black churches and denominations to, you know, affirm my ministry as a liberated black woman of faith, of faith I would still be sitting in the pews. <laughs> I'm a pastor who doesn't go to church. My church is online. Mm. And so I love that we are having thoughtful, nuanced, theologically informed, holistic mm -hmm. conversations now. I love that. So let's talk about your book a little bit because yeah. I feel like with all of everything you're you're talking about, everything we just um, yeah talked about, mm -hmm. and then having this book, Sensual Faith, I feel like this is going to be extremely intriguing for people to hear how you're reconciling those because I feel like, especially for me, I love you said, let me use I words, I grew <laughs> up where uh, sexuality and Christianity were opposing forces. Yikes. And yeah. I'm now entering this realm where I understand that they can coexist and in fact they do coexist so yeah. can you talk to us about um, your journey of body and pleasure and desire and all of that yeah no I'm so proud of you Melissa because you know <laughs> it's a journey honey Shona. and while I was raised in a denomination that didn't talk about sexuality at all it was just kind of neutral um, as a child, I was experiencing traumatic events around my body. And so it wasn't until I was a young adult that I started going to church with born again Christians and it was G, 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 Jesus, he's in your mouth, he's in your mouth, right? <laughs> which I needed that phase of my life. I really did. But what I'm exploring in sensual faith, sensual faith is an invitation for women, particularly black women, right? And those that support us to live their spirituality from a place of pleasure rather than shame. Mm. So much of my faith when I was a young adult was based in God's going to get you, sucker. Right. Like, you better act right. Mm. Like, God is not like, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you every two seconds. But that's how the church made me feel. Yes. And so my spirituality, right, is how I express my faith. As long as it's not hurting nobody and it feels good to me and my Shondo deep down on the left-hand side, I'm going to do it. <laughs> okay? The second part is sensuality. Now, sensuality and sexuality sure. have been conflated. Mm -hmm. They're not the same thing. Mm -hmm. God is allowing us to experience the world through texture. And I mean, if you're healthy, not to be ableist, but if all of your functions, uh, if all of your senses are functioning, you can see, you can taste, you can touch, you can hear, right? It's, ooh, makes me feel good just talking about it. Yeah. And so for me, as opposed to the dictionary that says sensuality is lewdness or being lascivious, I define sensuality as the ultimate practice in mindfulness. Huh. It's saying, hmm, have I eaten today? Am I hydrated? Do I need a nap? Do I want some tea? And when I make my tea, smelling the rose notes, right? Feeling the warmth of my mug, sipping and being like, oh, that right? Really being in the moment. And then sexuality, well, that's just what's going on with your loins, child. You know, <laughs> what's going on with your genitalia? Is it solo? Is it couple? Is it group? Like, what are we doing, right? So all of that is holy. There's no part of us that's not holy. And that's what sensual faith means for me. Um, I absolutely love this idea of defining sensuality. You know, when you are, we're going to take a break from this episode to tell you about Hello 
HelloFresh. Okay, we all know about HelloFresh because we're huge advocates and proponents and champions of HelloFresh in the Kevon Stage universe. And the reason why is because we are all the hosts, okay? We are all busy moms with tons and tons of things to do. We just are, okay? And sometimes, not sometimes, every day. Do you realize that? Every single day you have to feed your family. Every day somebody's going to be hungry. Do you know that? Every single day you have to figure out what you are going to make for your family. And sometimes that's overwhelming. Oftentimes it's overwhelming. It's a lot and you just don't have the energy to think about it. And then you have to get the ingredients and then you have to go to the store or you have to go on the app and tell it to get it. And don't forget something. Then you got to read. Girl, it just can be too much and ain't nobody got the time. I do not have the time. And HelloFresh is here to save the day. This is what they're going to do, okay? They're going to send you the groceries to your house pre package with a recipe card and tell you how to make it you don't got to think you it you most meals take about 30 45 minutes that's it already pre-packaged you ain't got to add worry about no seasoning no 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 the ketchup the condiments all of that already included this week okay we had the hall of fame meal it's their crispy buffalo spice chicken it came with blue cheese sauce, scallion mashed potatoes, and carrots. That sounds like a full meal to me. You got a vegetable, you got a starch, and you got a protein. And you mean I ain't, and they came with the blue cheese, girl. That's the condiment. I didn't have to think about it. This is too easy. What are you waiting for? I know right now you are listening to this episode like, ooh, girl, what am I going to make my family? I don't want to go to the store. I don't want to think about it. I, I don't. I don't have it in me. Girl, get you some HelloFresh, Okay. Delicious dinners are a cinch with HelloFresh chef-crafted seasonal recipes that come ingredients and already pre-portioned. So all you have to do is cook and enjoy. HelloFresh knows that you are busy. That's why they take care of meal planning and prepping, freeing you of extra time in your schedule. Pre-portioned ingredients, foolproof recipes, and convenient doorstep delivery they come with ice already inside of the box so if you don't get there in time it's not gonna go bad like girl you open the box put it in your freezer boom dinner is done okay don't do me that's too easy what i need you to do right now is go to hellofresh.com slash mbh60 and use code mbh60 for 60 percent off plus free shipping one more time go to hellofresh.com slash mbh60 use code mbh60 for 60 percent off plus free shipping hellofresh is america's number one meal kit now let's get back to the episode when you're married i had to go through my own personal journey <clears throat> of understanding sexuality is something that's not a bad thing but when right. you're single it is like don't think about it because no. you're going to in, in, in fornication and masturbation <laughs> and all of these things. Mm -hmm. But being able to live in a world where you're talking about this idea of mindfulness and being able to enjoy the world through all of your senses right. is, is an ultimate way. I don't think we experience life in that way where you're actually smelling, you know, it's almost like going to a um, like a wine tasting or tequila mm -hmm. tasting and they're like, 
like you know sit yeah you know whatever it is whatever flexible and they're like do you taste the apple no I don't how you want me to taste apple and tequila my whole mouth is burned I don't taste nothing but but liquor this is just tastes like fire tequila burns you mezcal is too smoky for oh it's so smoky we we did tequila tasting amen amen. I like reposado now. Yeah, three tastes the same, and the fourth is mezcal. It tastes like somebody dropped a cigar in the tequila. It should have. Wine tasting, I ain't much better. Maybe like you don't have the hint of apricot. And the wood notes. No, girl, no. (laughs) Now, I did date a sommelier this summer, and he upped my game. Now I can't. I do my little swish. I love that. (laughs) You know? I'm like, it's plum, it's cherry. What do you smell? Then what do you taste? I taste strawberry. I be giving it to the girls now. I'm Michael Scott. This is a white. (laughs) This is a red. Yes. Um, But I think it uh, heightening your sensuality can Mm -hmm. only help aid uh, heightening and experiencing your sexuality as well. I Okay, this may come across as silly. I thought sensuality was like, like slow, <laughs> like oh uh, yeah yeah yeah. I'm screaming I like stroking. Touch you, slow, Listeners, y'all slow can't see stroking. these slow strokes I'm going slow up and stroking down. on your arms or a sensual massage. You talking about tea? I'd be like, oh, so I could a burger could be sensual. Like smell the cheese. Sizzle. Food is so sensual. sensual. The colors, the textures, mm, the fr- when they cooking Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, and you smell that turkey, that ham, that sweet. You be like, ooh, we about to eat good. It builds anticipation. Sure, that's right? so good. Spraying your un- your perfume on some undies and just throwing it in the bag, like see when you get home, boo. Like that is sensual. It, it it's not a sexual act, but it heightens and titillates the senses. But and you said tit, so Kevin, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm also seven years old, Levar. I'm just I'm just tall and. <laughs> I just and thir- <laughs> You're so funny. So that's the thing, though. Sensuality is not just for women. And sensuality is not just about the body. Mm. Like, you can take in a vista of water. You can watch the sunset, right? Because I'm not a sunrise girl. I'm not going to be up. <laughs> it is what it is. Me neither. God <laughs> I'm not going to be yeah, yeah. I'm not going to be So, <laughs> for me, uh, it's so interesting in the book, in helping people to locate, like you were saying earlier, Kev, about, can I call you Kev? You Should absolutely can. Okay. All right. Praise the Lord. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you were talking about Jesus peas, Jesus doodles. Like in chapter one, I say Jesus had hair and elbows and nipples and an anus and had erections. You y'all. can't prove that. <laughs> <laughs> not my Jesus. That Jesus did not have it. I mean, but that's how we feel. I we want we to see... protect like this image of him. Yes. That, but, but it's why? like, I don't. He's, he's right. You know because what? Because he I... took on human Form. Yes. What Even is though I'm nasty challenging people about my... Jesus having an erection? Let's start there. I'm going to tell you what I think it is. Because he's Jesus. I think we think <laughs> of Jesus as, this is, I'll, I'll say I. I'm going to use I feelings too. <laughs> I have always thought of Jesus as this asexual person um... sort of gliding through life in holiness. Like yeah. healing with people. With blinders on. With blinders on. To women and sexuality. And, and... Th- y'all was, I'm healing you. I'm healing mm-hmm. you. And then I'm floating mm-hmm. like, like, I'm a spike like a spike I was just like about to say, like a Spike Lee, Lee movie. And I'm just floating to the next person that I heal. Oh That's what I, 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 I internalized that version of Jesus. Uh, but, you know, when you take sex ed and, uh, you know, as uh, a little kid, 
They mm-hmm. talk about uh, everybody has erections, um, mm-hmm. the involuntary erections. Like I remember that part of my life in middle school. I was like, "What the? What are you doing? I got a book report right now. Yeah. Like, chill <laughs> out. This Aww. is like the eighth time this day. You know, I'm waking <laughs> up with hard meat. But in my mind, Jesus, Jesus did not have that. Oh, and honestly, in your Jesus mind, was like a Ken doll. Like he didn't have nothing down there but that little, the you know, little. that little bump part. You know, that's how I, <laughs> the that's little how curvature. I, the little curvature. I imagine him like that. We don't know, right? <laughs> the scriptures don't say. But here's the thing: even we're laughing and joking, but this is a very real conversation sure. because if we are created in the image and likeness of God, and if our bodies are holy just as they are, then what happens to our bodies and what our bodies do is also holy, and God cares about that. Mm, that's so, good. We have to have full-blown conversations. I'm a body and sex positive pastor because I care about our holistic wellness. If you're like, oh, you want to be a body and sex positive pastor because you want to have sex and do. And do. I want to have lots of good, pleasurable, <laughs> consensual, healthy sex. Also, I want you to go get your prostate exam. Come on. I want you to be doing breast exams. I want you to talk about irregular or missed periods, right? Like, I, if we're not talking about sexuality, we're not talking about our bodies. And if we're not talking about our bodies, that's very dangerous for black folks. Oh, my gosh. This is so I did a um, a series, a four women only series that mm-hmm. I literally started because of exactly what you just said. Mm. I went um, to the doctor to get a pap smear, get the stuff. And I realized I didn't know none of my body parts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We went on tour and I started using the menstrual cup. And trying yes. to insert that and realizing where is my cervix? Where don't they stop me cervix? Correct. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> they told me to put this, and then once you feel your cervix tilt, so is that left or right? Like right. I don't understand. Where am I supposed to go? I have and no idea. On different days, there's a study in the UK by um, the E folks. It's um, Something like over 60% of women can't name all the parts of their nether region. So we just say vagina, right? If we say vagina, we right. might be like my hoo-ha, my vagina. My pocketbook. Mm-hmm. You don't have a, the, the pocketbook <laughs> is hanging up in, in the closet, okay? That's, you have a vagina. Yes. You have a vulva. A vulva. Come labia, on. Come you on. have a clitoris. Come on, somebody. Come on. A coochie, right? too. People say coochie. Some people coochie, do. Coochie is another one. I don't say coochie often, but pe- people say coochie. coochie. Yeah, I say it often. I say it all the or, time. <laughs> or my friend, Ebony G. Moore, she says coochie. <laughs> it sends me every time. But I want to talk about the divine design of women's bodies because we are the only creatures, sis, who possess one organ that has one function. Mm-hmm. The clitoris. There is no other animal and all of God's good creation that has the function of a clitoris. So you mean to tell me God go give me a clitoris and then tell me that I can't now how that sound? You're exactly right. But there is so much <laughs> shame associated. Absolutely. So there, it's just yeah. There's shame associated with sex. There's shame associated with our bodies, touching our bodies, feeling our bodies, being just simply familiar mm. with our own bodies. And yeah. then, again, you 
marry someone and now you're supposed to enjoy sex and you're like well girl i don't even know what i like because i haven't ever really like i don't know none of the things and it doesn't work that way if you hear sunday after sunday for decades if you have sex before marriage you're going to hell and good girls don't give head and keep your legs closed the minute you get married the light bulb doesn't switch on and you become this masterful sexual goddess Mm -hmm. it doesn't work that way Mm -hmm. so even married women right can find that there's a very long learning curve or just a lot of ups and downs (laughs) when it comes to experiencing pleasure in sex, especially if we hear, if like I heard messaging that, you know, if you don't your man whenever he wants it, he's going to find it someplace else. It's definitely a message. Whoa. It's definitely a message. That's a lot, right? Because now we're getting into issues. And a lot of of pressure. A lot of pressure. One, sex is not just for men. It's for women. Two, now we're getting into issues of consent. You're saying just because we're married, we're supposed to If I'm not up for it, if I don't want to do it, now it's non-consensual sex, and that's Mm -hmm. a problem, Mm -hmm. right? You a pastor who cusses, too? Yes. (laughs) It came out smooth, (laughs) It came out smooth like like regular words. I'm not new to this. I'm true to this. Come on. It's scientifically proven that people who cuss are more truth-telling. So what the? <laughs> I remember one time I cussed in the pulpit and my boss, my pastor boss, he was like, all right, now you got one. <laughs> He's like, you got one. You're done. <laughs> I think I was talking about, you know, young girls and uh, the idea that their role models are these bad on Instagram. That's mm. what I was. That was the point I was making. Mm. Anywho. So, you know, yeah, these these really harmful messages that don't help us. And then the last story I want to tell, <laughs> I was a youth and young adult pastor in the Bay Area, and we went on retreat, and some of the parents were chaperones. So I was talking to some of the women who were married. I think I was engaged at the time. I'm, now longer, I'm no longer married to that man. But they were talking to me about sex, and one of them said, sometimes you just got to take one for the team. And I looked at her like, (laughs) (laughs) because what do you have to do to repress yourself, to not express your needs, right? Maybe in that moment, you just need to be held. Maybe in that moment, you just want to watch a movie, right? Like every kiss does not have to end in sex. Every handhold does not need to end in head. Like, and we, we just get to have more holistic conversations around intimacy and affection and love languages, right? That we're missing when we just say no sex before marriage. Mm. It's not that simple. So good. It's, it's definitely not that simple. I think um, one thing you talked about early on and has been a thing for Melissa and I, both grew up very similar, almost mm-hmm. in the like, same exact yeah. type of churches, almost verbatim, even though um, uh, we were different parts of the world. He literally, Melissa spent some time in Germany and Hawaii. Wow. Like, but the same ideas. Oh, cool. But purity culture did not hit men the same way. I did not feel absolutely not. No, there was no shame. I felt conviction, con- condemnation, but there was no yeah. like, I'm a bad person. It was just right. like I shouldn't have done this this early. Right. I'm great though, and there was right. also like a little bit of not even a little bit. There was a lot of like winking. You know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, boy, you know, you ain't supposed to be doing that there. You understand me? So I was like, you stole your royal oats. Yeah, fulfill every erotic desire. And you ain't wearing you no know? true love weights ring. No, you ain't no. making no pinky promises. What? I, you're you're weird. Us. If you do, if you are a virgin when you get married, you you are weird. The girl should be a virgin. You should be experienced, right? It's so wild. Because so, who are you having sex with? The <laughs> right? same church girl. If girls. you're straight, you yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> 
And so I really feel like that has damaged some of our ability. And I want to use my language intentionally. We are healing from mm -hmm. some of the damage that has been caused between men and women because it started when we were girls and boys. So if you're a girl and you're hearing no sex, no sex, or you're a hoe, stay a virgin, and then you have boys who are low-key low key out here like, well, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. When you bring those two groups together, it's going to be nothing but friction, mm -hmm. nothing but conflict, sometimes mm -hmm. harm. Mm -hmm. And so the church really has to stake a claim in the longevity of the tradition by honoring the reality of our experiences. Mm. This is why people are leaving the church because you're not dealing with reality. Mm. Like the Bible that we're reading was cute for 2000 years ago. Ain't nobody walking to Asia on foot. That's <laughs> not what we doing. The earth has literally shifted. Pieces of continents have floated across oceans. Like, come on, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? You call the Bible cute. LaVar, <laughs> what? <laughs> what kind of pastor are you? I'm not your mama's pastor. You? So I actually, I'm not your mama's pastor, for real. This is a joke I've been working on, right? Well, homegirl of ours, 40-plus, uh, um, she was married before, mm -hmm. and she was talking about, she was frustrated. She was like, I'm supposed to not have sex, I'm supposed to abstain. I get that. But, you know, we was getting married the, we're comparing ourselves to people who were getting married when they were 12. Mm -hmm. Hello. 13. <laughs> I'm 35, right? And then she right. was saying, what's worse? She was like, I've been married. I was married. I think she was married. Ten, uh, I don't know who you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> and she's like, now nah, I've been married, so I've already had sex. Now I'm not married no more. I'm just supposed to never. I've, I can't do nothing until I find a husband. And I'm trying to find a husband. Wow. But like, what am I supposed to do? So she was like... <laughs> It was like sheer frustration. Yeah. Uh, she was like, what am I supposed to do with these urges, right? I And I was just watching a video from a Christian creator, um, and she was talking about, like, God, she was single, looks like she's never had sex before, but she's in her 30s. She was mm -hmm. like, God, why would you give me, if you want me to be abstinent, then take Hello. the urges away. Yeah. Hello. It's confusing to have the urges, but I got to get married, but I ain't found a husband. So I Ciao. think it was just the point that you were making that I was alluding to is like these women and men are not 12 and 13 years old anymore. They're right. 25, 30, yeah. 40 years uh, old, and they're having a hard time rectifying what they're reading with the life that they're living. Right. Here's the thing. So I'm 40. Um, I was married once. I no longer am. And I'm dating. Right. Mm. And... The thing is, when we are experiencing shame when it comes to scripture, mm -hmm. we have to remind ourselves that the Bible does not shy away from sex. Mm. The church does. Yes. And so when I read scriptures like, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good, right? Mm -hmm. When I read Song of Solomon, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. is not about Jesus in the church, okay? Yeah. Ain't <laughs> no breasts and mounds, okay, and heaving bosoms. Yes. And sweetness of my love. The sweetness okay. of my love. What you said, Song that of Solomon? Song of Solomon. Worship service on Sunday. Come that on. is 11 p.m. worship <laughs> on Sunday night. Come on. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think you get to say, you know what? Sex is good. Sex is God's gift to us. Yeah. Sexuality is a sacred gift, right? 
It's the abuse of sex yes. and the abuse of sexuality yes. that is evil and sinful. Yes. And so I think we need to honor that we have inherited a lot of shit out of context, right? When we talk, <laughs> well, our our grandparents were able to stay married for 65 years. Your grandmother couldn't have a bank account. Come on. I have said this so many times. <laughs> we are not comparing apples to apples in that thing. Yo, that, <laughs> yeah, they stayed together 65 years. Yo, granddaddy has seven families within a 12-mile radius. It's not the same. What? It's not the same. You're looking at that person like, you look like my cousin. That, that is your cousin. You, you just scared to date that's actually in your, your hometown sister. That's your sister. Because that's your brother. You that, might be dating a sibling. Right. <laughs> the hell? <laughs> Gotta put your hinge location to anywhere in the world. So Otherwise, what do you do with that, LaVon? Like, what do you do with something you've been taught your yeah. whole life, you've internalized, yeah. and you are afraid to challenge? Because, like, I imagine yeah. somebody's hearing this and your body, like, organ rejects this. Because mm -hmm. and I, sure, I, sure. I, I know church people, they're going to be like, so what you want me to do? Just go out and have sex and be sleep with that's me? That's not what I'm and, saying You either. know, like, that's the <laughs> that's the argument that's made. You want me to just forget everything I learned about God and just go out there and let any old man <laughs> take me to town. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, <clears throat> what, what are you suggesting to people who are hearing this stuff maybe for the first time sure. and, and their minds are being challenged in a way that they're not yeah. used to? Absolutely. I already know. Some folks have tuned out. Some people like, this is heresy, right? <laughs> and that's fine. But there are a lot of people who are going, hmm, you know, I always thought there was more to the story than that. Mm. And that's who I want to speak to. So the first thing that you got to do, beloved, is detach your sense of value and worth from your actions, mm. right? We live in a very industrial world where your value is based on your productivity. Mm -hmm. How much are you doing? What's your house status, bank account, yada, yada. When you throw God and Jesus and theology on top of that, now it's who's the holiest among us? Well, I serve on this auxiliary and I've fried a chicken and I clean the bathrooms. You are, this is free labor. <laughs> this is <laughs> enslavement, beloved. Like get off your knees and go home and rub one out. Okay, stop it. <laughs> LaVon Briggs! Okay, so listen, wait. LaVon Briggs! <laughs> Pastor of body positivity and sensuality. <laughs> Go home and rub one out. And release yourself. You, you look, your homegirl is stressed out because she hasn't had a release. We'll get to masturbation in a second. Let me just finish this main point. All right. So when you detach your sense of self-worth from your actions, then you begin to lean into the fact that you are worthy because... Melissa, I've heard you say something in the past. What is it? You are worthy now as is without question. Uh-huh. You're worth it as is without question or without a question, without exception. As it what is it? I am worth From it. From the top, take it back. Yeah. Take it back. I'm worth it without change. Or as is without change, without exception. I had to start from the top and remind myself. <laughs> Listen. Again. And our spirits needed to hear that yeah. over and over because if we really believe that, then Come we on. wouldn't feel like we need to toil and labor and bear our cross and just grin and bear it. This is not a matter of 
God won't put more on you than you can bear. No, we are divinely designed to be in community and to share this burden of living, right? Um, Dana Lynn Knuckles says that survival is a shared burden. And so if we're seeking to walk a path of liberation and righteousness and holiness, we need to know that we are good and that we can show up regardless of how we're feeling in the moment. And this is why I think sensual faith is so important because it says, how are you really? What's mm. going on right now? Not, oh, I'm blessed and highly favored in the Lord. No, I'm living with within a depressive episode right now, right? Me and my mom got into it again. I'm estranged from, like, these are the stories that are coming into the sanctuary Sunday after Sunday. And because it's just, oh, we're holy as God is holy, <laughs> we don't see those stories as holy. Everything that you're going through is a part of your journey and God sees you and God wants to help others walk you through that. So when you stop saying, if I tell the truth about what I'm going through, people are going to judge me or they're going to see, right? If we can get rid of that culture of judgment, then people can come forward in truth and we can really heal from the real shit. So You know why I agree with that sentiment so much? One of my biggest problems with the people who were raising me in Christianity is mm -hmm. when I realized... <clears throat> I realized that people were doing stuff that we weren't supposed to do and just acting like they weren't doing it mm. to others, right? Mm -hmm. I grew up drink, uh, uh you can't drink, you can't drink, you can't drink. I was like 18, 19, go to my grandma's house. Uh, and there's Bacardi in mm -hmm. um, uh, rum. rum and Zima's in there. Not and I Zima's. go to my aunt, I said, first of all, what? I thought we couldn't drink. She was like, you can't. And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> right, 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 right. Y'all said, we can't. Finding a, a Seagram's behind my grandma's um, TV. <laughs> Hot Seagram's. Yeah, I know sure. she was going through it. Having uh, people in ministry, pastors, and said, well, we go, you know, we when we want to have a glass of wine, we have it at home, or we go to a far restaurant, or we wait till we go on a cruise. Yep. And I remember being like, uh, or then when I got much older, uh, certain people in high places in ministry that are, you would say it might be famous. Mm -hmm. When we and worshiping the worship, when we yeah. backstage talking regular, mm -hmm. like, well, this and that, cussing, mm -hmm. fussing. So I'm like, and this wasn't just one person or it was like. So I'm like, so are, are are we all just presenting a Christian face? Yes. And then doing something else? Because I am I really was doing this stuff, and I was feeling awful when I messed up. And now I come to find out that I felt Ain't like I wasn't, it. everybody wasn't doing it. Well, are, we, are we not playing by the same rule? I thought we was going We're to hell not. for this. Like, well, you know, I can't just teach about alcoholism because, you know, somebody, I can't say it's okay to drink because somebody might be an alcoholic. And I'm like, but. That's what y'all told me my whole life. Right, right. And I, I remember it was funny when I first started doing comedy, uh, I would perform in clubs. And I would see all, and I didn't go to clubs before this. Like, Melissa and I have never even been to a true nightclub, right? We've only oh. walked through the cruise uh, nightclub <laughs> that was also salsa dancing class two hours ago. <laughs> I mean. I would see all the church people in the audience drinking and stuff. And they'd be like, don't tell my pastor. I'm, I'm up here. I'm here, too. I'm, I'm at work. Why, why, and I'm talking about, I seen everybody in the whole district pulling up at the club. Yep. Sometimes with their wife, sometimes with not, sometimes with their husband, sometimes with not, <laughs> most of the time with a drink, most of the time with a short dress on. And I'm like, I know I'm here. I'm going on stage to tell these jokes. I'm going home to my wife. I'm not drinking. I'm having pineapple juice. What is y'all doing? And what is we talking about if we all ain't doing the same thing? We got to get Notice. on one accord as the body. 
Or Listen, I feel like I'm being lied to. You are. You were. <laughs> Look, here's the thing, right? Notice they didn't say, don't tell God that you saw me drinking. They said, don't tell my pastor. pastor. Right. And if you're beholden <laughs> to a person more than you are to God, is that even your faith? Mm. Is that even your spiritual practice? And so I, beloved... <laughs> am so perturbed by spiritual leaders, black male pastors in particular, but anyone, because even women can internalize oppression, right? Who preach one thing, but live something else, mm. particularly as it pertains to scripture. Because I remember having a public conversation about oral sex in the Bible. And there was a black male preacher in the comment section who, who said, yeah, we learned this in seminary. So the thing is, church leaders are learning this information, but they're not sharing it with their congregations. Oh, I can't preach that in my church. Why not? Because then you're going to have to have more full, holistic <laughs> conversations about sex and sexuality, because then there's going to be accountability, yeah. right? If if people don't know what they're doing, they can't be held accountable for it. Yes. So yeah, I'm going to just go to the next suburb over and have my cocktail <laughs> there so I don't have to speak on why I'm doing this. It's cowardly. Yeah. Uh, I want you to touch on this masturbation topic. Yeah. Okay, that's all I'm going to say. So you could, the floor is yours. <laughs> Before you touch on it, I want to say this. Yeah, touch on it. how it came to it. me. We, I, was, I was looking this up, and I never found this video. It's a white pastor. I remember he was talking about white masturbation. Actually, just Kevin, shut up. You go ahead, LaVon. Because we don't care about that white man. Got we sure don't. I'm going to tell you, but <laughs> it, it messed with my mind because it had never been challenged. I'm a spilling seed, spilling seed. And okay. then I found out it might not be spilling seeds. So I want to hear what you got to say. I don't want to diminish your experience. Go ahead, Kev. No, I, all I was saying was I got taught my whole life that masturbation was wrong. It was spilling seeds, spilling gotcha. seeds. And then this pastor said, that ain't even what, he's talking about pulling out. He's not even talking about masturbation. And right. then he's like, and if it's, right. if it's wrong by scripture, how do women spill seed? And I was like, well. oh, wait, I never thought about it because only I, I never really was concerned with them. And he was talking about the line of See? succession and stuff uh -huh. like that. And then he was he made this point. He was joking, but he was like, if God didn't want you to masturbate, why can you? Because you can't tickle yourself. And I was like, I can't take this information. And I remember tickle. I had never been challenged on that ever. That mm -hmm. was just a hard and fast yeah, law. Yeah. Uh but and then since then it's been challenged more. But please challenge us some more, yeah. Lamar. I mean, things that we've heard, right? Masturbation is a sin. If you masturbate, you're going to hell. Masturbation is a portal. You're letting demons yes. in. Just <laughs> friends. Okay, so uh, that pastor is correct. In Genesis 38, there's a brother named Onan. His older brother died. And we all know in ancient Hebrew culture that the oldest brother is the one who's supposed to pass on the legacy, right? Mm. So if the oldest brother dies, then the second in line is supposed to do what the older brother can't. Mm -hmm. So that includes procreating with the older brother's wife. wife. Correct. So Onan was sexing Tamar, but then a uh, Tamar, excuse me, but then busting on the ground instead of in her. So there are a few things that are problematic. First of all, this woman has to have sex with her dead love's brother. Brother. She must be feeling some kind of way. We never talk about the I would like for us to talk more <laughs> about women in the scriptures. Yeah. Right? And so that's what I learned from being married, child. Never say never or mm. always. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, the, the woman's in the scripture. Secondly, it, it, that wasn't masturbation. That was a sexual act between two people. Lastly, God was upset with Onan or the Lord, Yahweh, was upset with Onan because he wasn't fulfilling the covenant that he was supposed to as the 
second oldest, oldest brother. brother. It has nothing to do with you getting some shea butter or coconut oil, <laughs> reclining in your bed, and just saying, God, I thank you for this clitoris or this shaft, right? Like, not God, I thank you. <laughs> <laughs> during the session or after you can't tell them can you it must be during I gotta be saying <laughs> I mean why do you think we say oh god when we come listen it's a holy experience I'd be like bro I appreciate you for this cause this is amazing you really did that when you made us be able to do this here thank you I'd be wanting to know like from the brother's perspective like what do we feel like right <laughs> I'm a texture person. So, anywho, that's the that's the story with masturbation. So, if you're feeling shame around it, beloved, I see you and I understand why, but know that that is not your shame to carry. That shame comes from people. Shame does not come from God. And while it's not your responsibility that you've been harmed, it is your responsibility to heal. Good, good, good. Okay, one last thing cuz I know we're we almost up out of here. Uh, can you talk about, um, you said you were married once. Yes. You are currently not married. Not married. Okay, so let's and talk dating. about that. And, and dating. dating. So let's We talk know what about... she's doing because of the way she's been talking in this here episode. Listen. Here's the thing. Talk about the divorce and, and yes. shame and uh, if there was, all of that. Yeah, and real quick to your point, Kev, the thing is people think that sexually liberated women are just all fucking and sucking, and some of us are. <laughs> but by and large... I don't have sex. I haven't had sex in well over a year at this point mm. because I know how potent and powerful and sacred it is. So I'm just not giving it to anybody. Yeah. But that's my choice. It's not because God's going to get me if I have sex. It's like, no, you're not worthy of the coochie. Come on. Man, you know what's so, so. crazy about that, LaVon? <laughs> and I promise you, I've been in church my whole life. Mm -hmm. It had not clicked that most of my fears started with God and then it became people. What will people think? If they mm -hmm. see me, what will people think if I do this? What will Get people think if, if people. I if I found out that it somehow transferred from God to people yeah. or maybe both when it really should be only about what I'm what my relationship with God? Yeah. And I didn't think about that until you said that um, a little while earlier. And then again, like how much of my journey was my appearance to people? My God. You know what I mean? It wasn't like I wanted to appear save like. Because we was like not supposed to hang out with sinners and stuff, I, my whole thing for a long time was, well, I'm more saved than this person, and I'm mm. playing the drums, or mm. I'm youth pastor, or I'm on the organ now, or I'm playing bass, and I can speak in tongues, or I know, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I was not even really. That was my whole uh, hierarchy. Mm -hmm. Right. Was like, well, now I'm sitting on the pulpit. You right. know what I'm saying? Now, now we going to three thirty service, and I'm carrying, you know, the 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 Bible for whatever. Any way I can make myself be better than other people for a while was my whole relationship with, with God. Mm. And, and that is about ego and identity. Because uh, I found in my experience that many black Christians identify their faith with their identity or they equate their faith yeah. with their identity. Yeah. So the moment you start to kind of pull the loose threads around there, they, they start flailing. It's like, well, who am I? If right. This mm -hmm. thing isn't true. Yeah. And it's like, let the crumble and go through the rubble and keep what works right and then rebuild from there for me it's been womanist theology which centers black women black liberation theology which is about the liberation of black folks bodies and i had to <laughs> learn that while i was in a churchy marriage 
that I am not really interested in performing for people's approval mm. because it's a moving target, right? Mm -hmm. It's There's always another hoop, bigger, smaller, higher, lower. Yeah. When the fact of the matter is, if I truly am saved, and whenever we see salvation in the Bible, that means healing. If I truly am healed, then this is about me and God. This is about me and the best version of myself. This is about me and the legacy that I'm leaving. And that doesn't have anything to do with me trying to prove to you <clears throat> that I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't cuss, I don't have sex, I'm holy. In fact, when mm. I was that person, I was so unrelatable. Mm -hmm. People mm. would not come to me because they're like, LaVon's just too holier than thou. Everything's mm. always perfect with her. No, I was robotic. Mm. I, was, <laughs> I was acting like scripture was my food and I wasn't a real person. But the moment I cracked and I allowed myself to be human, that's when I got closer to God. That's so good. good. So what does post-divorce LaVon, post-divorce free yes. dating LaVon look, look like? like? It okay. sounds like your divorce, uh, sorry, just to go back, but yeah, you, it sounds like your divorce was more than the divorce of a person. It mm. it sounds mm -hmm. like it it was a divorce of, uh, like an idea. Uh, of yeah, an idea, an yeah. identity, um, yes. a way of life, a way of thinking. It seems mm -hmm. like it came with more than just, I am no longer married to this person. Correct. So when I met him, I was a youth and young adult pastor, and he was also in young adult ministry. We met on OkCupid, and so it felt like so aligned. Well, he moved to the Bay Area from L.A. He was born and raised in L.A., had never lived anywhere else. So to me, I was like, oh, he's given up everything he's ever known mm. to come be with me. This is amazing, right? Mm -hmm. Only to find out that that took him away from his, his core. And so we got to know each other in a bubble. So I married someone that I was familiar with, but I didn't really know. Sure. Mm. And so when we go back to L.A., I was like, oh, you were running from here. I married a f boy and didn't know it, right? So... <laughs> Here I am, the preacher extraordinaire, married to the prayer warrior. And everybody's like, oh, the power couple. Meanwhile, behind the scenes, I was being gaslit. Mm. He would flirt with other women. He would make me think I wasn't, you know, uh, that I was believing things wrong. Like, it was, it, was, it was terrible in the moment. But as I look back at it, look back at it, hey, look back <laughs> at it. <laughs> I realized that I met so many soulmates through this man. I mean, girlfriends. I met my therapist through him. I launched my um, consulting practice through the pastor that I met through him. So he served a role in my life and there was some good that came from it, but I had to choose myself, right? When I started telling people that I was getting divorced, they were like, oh, just give it two years, just give it five years. And I was like, is that what y'all out here doing? Just trying to get to an anniversary where you don't hate each other, you know? And just the, whoo, child, we've been close a few times. Interesting, because you never posted about that on Instagram. Right, right. right? The unfathomable blessing I could never imagine receiving. Y'all <laughs> ain't supposed to argue at 2 o'clock in the morning, the Duh. red puffy eyes and the tear streaked yeah. cheeks. Right? So for me, um, yeah, it was it was really beautiful for me to know that one, I don't have to stay in any relationship where I am suffering. Life is too short. And if the miserable, miserable, blah, and if the days of misery outweigh the days of joy, it's time to make a choice. Mm. And I say, choose yourself. Um, I no longer date men who go to church. It's just not my thing. Mm. You got to have a spiritual practice, right? You got to have something going on. But these church out here don't do it for me. <laughs> 
Also, the last thing, my intuition was telling me that this person wasn't for me and I didn't listen because on paper, he was good. But on our first date, I flew to, okay, and then I'm gonna close. I'm gonna take my seat. (laughs) (laughs) Our first date, flew down to LA and he's like, oh, we're gonna meet my mom for dinner. We met online. This is our first night together and we're going to meet your mother. That was a red flag, Mm. looking back. And he said on the way to dinner, and he was like, you know, and I think... You, we should split dinner 50-50 because it'll show her we're united front. On the inside, I was like, what the hell? No, you should be paying for everything. Show her that you can take care of me. Yeah. So me not wanting to rock the boat, right. wanting yeah. to be the amenable girlfriend. I was like, okay. And then proceeded to build a whole relationship that was quote unquote 50-50, even though mm. I had student loans, even though I was making mm-hmm. less money, even though I helped him get this really high paying tech job. Like, 50-50 is not a thing. <laughs> so those were the the lessons that I learned. And yeah, I'm better for it. And I'm on the other side of it. And there's so much joy and freedom and liberation here. I just turned 40 last year. And I'm excited for y'all to turn 40 because the 40s year. are freaking amazing. I'm excited. Yeah, Each yeah. decade has gotten better. Yeah. By the yeah. Grace of God. It really does get better. You, I, I, you know, it's so funny because I'm like, God... Why would you make childbearing a thing in our 40s when I feel at 40 like I'm just getting this life shit down? Like, what is going on? <laughs> I need to know. I agree. Yeah, the mom that I was would have been at 20 is completely different Shona. from the mom I would be at 40. Mm-hmm. So. That Shona. is very true. Yeah. Well, amen. Amen, saints. Amen. Let uh, the church we- <laughs> Before we let you go, please uh, tell people who are on your side, people who are who you offended or or tricked, are long gone out of this episode. If you made it to this point, you you done you like what's, what what Pastor Briggs has said. Uh, where they can find more of you about the book, where it'll be, when it'll be, all of the things. Absolutely. So you can head to my website, LavonBriggs.com. Depending on when you're hearing this, the first chapter is available for download. Sensual Faith, The Art of Coming Home to Your Body is out March 21st, 2023, and is available for pre-order now. And you can follow me on all the things, at Lavon Briggs. I'm on Instagram all the time, chow. TikTok, <laughs> Twitter, Clubhouse, even YouTube. So yeah, let's keep the conversation going. And if you did make it this far, I'm so proud of you. And you are divinely guided and on the right path. Love that. Amen and amen. Thank you so much, Devon, for, for, Thank for you stopping for having with me. us. We had a great time. I personally, Melissa, as well, we like to be challenged yeah. uh, in our thinking, in our practices. I know some people are shy away from challenge, but I enjoyed the conversation and the banter and the blackness. Yes. Uh, you were great, and God bless you on your journey. Thank you Thank so you. much. I that. You're worthy, beloved. All right. All right. Bye. Peace.